What's good, fam? This is your boy Dijon, and this is how to be a motherfucking legend. Yeah! This is the place to be for inspiration and the realization of your full creative potential. Uh huh. Each episode, we're gonna be sharing tips uh. and insights to help you unlock the greatness that is already inside of you. Okay. What's good, fam? I'm very excited about this episode today. It is going to be a little change up to the format that we normally do, and I'll explain why that is. One, because I am a diverse person with diverse interests, and I desire to express myself in a number of ways. I'm also a musician, a storyteller, and just a human being, just like you. So, This specific podcast is going to incorporate many of the things I'd like to do, including music and storytelling, and also share a bit about the process of how I came to understand how to love unconditionally. In a lot of the episodes, I just share the wisdom and the insight, but not the process. And the guru age is over. So the age of someone sitting on a mountaintop telling us how it is, is not working anymore. We're all human beings. We're all on this journey together. The reason why I share in short episodes is for brevity's sake, because I know people are busy. But in this case, it felt right to share a longer episode with deeper storytelling, deeper context. So that's what we're doing. So thanks for being here and tuning in to How to Love Unconditionally. So, I have been on a process of inner excavation of all that is not my true essence for essentially my whole life. I always had a feeling of something more being out there that I felt an inkling of curiosity about. And when I asked people in school and my teachers and stuff, they couldn't answer for me the type of questions I was asking because they were more abstract. And as I was on my journeys, I learned that for me, the purpose of life is to love, to practice love, to express love. That's what we're all doing here. And as I discussed in an earlier episode, a wonderful path to learning how to practice love is relationship. Relationship is not, again, about the fulfillment of your desires, but it's about the practice of love. So I want to share my insights into that practice based on a relationship I had. Well, I guess I still have. I still have because relationships don't end. They just change form. But it's a relationship I have with this woman who is very special to me. And she has an incredible heart, incredible wisdom, And she has been the greatest heart teacher of my life. So I wanted to create this episode to create clarity around how I feel about her and how much I appreciate the influence that she's had on me and my development. So let me start off by saying that I am a romantic person and I have a high value for partnership. I'm an Aries sun, Libra moon, Libra rising, and... I've always desired to walk the path of life with another person. A little bit about where I come from, 
My parents got divorced when I was two. My dad is now in his fourth marriage, and my mom has been divorced twice. So I didn't have many models for what healthy relating looked like. So a lot of the things I learned about relationship were through trial and error. <laughs> Sometimes a lot of error, but you know, you can't get mad at yourself for doing things quote unquote wrong because we're all learning and we're all on our individual pace. It doesn't help to compare to anyone else. So I'm just giving context for who I am and where I come from. So when I was on my journeys traveling through Hawaii and Maui, and I believe like January or February of like 2015, I came across this tarot reader. And for those of you who don't know what tarot is, they are divination tools that help you interpret messages from spirit. So this reader, when she was beginning the reading, asked me what I would like to know about. And because I'm a romantic, I told her I would like to know about when I was going to beat my next soulmate. And she said, do you want to know about your soulmate or do you want to know about your twin flame? And I was like, ah, oh, what's that? That sounds interesting. And she said, yeah, your twin flame is the other half of your soul manifested in a different body. And I had never heard that term before, but it sounded interesting and intriguing and intoxicating. So I was like, sure, tell me about that. She went on to tell me that I would meet this person in May of 2015 and um, what she would look like and all these characteristics. Long story short, when May came around, I did meet a woman that fit that description and I had a very intense connection with her. And we very quickly moved into intimate relating. And I remember on one of our, like maybe the second time we were hanging out, we went to dinner together and talked some, but a lot of it was just being lost in each other's eyes and presence. And the feeling between us was just super intense. So after dinner, when we went outside, I had the experience that I was in like another dimension. You know, like I am a fan of plant medicine. One of my favorites is psilocybin mushrooms. And I felt like I was on mushrooms. And she looked at me and she said, do you feel like you're on mushrooms? And I was like, yeah. And then we laughed about it. And it was just a very magical experience. So since I had been told that I was going to meet this person in this way, and then now was also having that experience after being told that, I was like, oh, it's you. You know, this is, this is the twin flame that had been described to me. And I still think that's true. I still consider her to be my twin flame. I think maybe what I was confused about is what that meant. <laughs> and in my mind, twin flame meant life partner. And I don't know that it quite means that in the romantic sense that I thought it did, but I'll get deeper into that as we go along. So we began an intense relationship that was beautiful, but also full of kind of like ups and downs and probably things a lot of us have been through when you rush into intimacy before you really get to know each other. You know, you come from a sense of wanting to see the best in someone. And sometimes a lot of that can be projection. And as you get to know people, more challenges arise. And your ability to navigate those challenges is based on the emotional intelligence and tools that you have. And at that time, 
neither one of us really had profound emotional tools that I've developed at this point in my life. So even though there was a lot of beautiful moments and intensity and love, there was also a lot of pain and, and struggle. And that was taxing. And I'm sure I'm not the only person who's been in a situation like that, but that's just giving context to what was going on. And throughout this process, I was doing this storytelling project called Souls of Society, and I was well-versed in that, and it was my profession. And she was nine years younger than me, or she is nine years younger than me, and has an amazing voice. So I was always encouraging her to sing and step into her power. And, you know, because she was in a different point in her development, I think that part of my my nudging was appreciated and part of it was kind of irritating. <laughs> but we ended up, after about a year of knowing each other, starting to play music together. And really it started when I was trying to accompany her to step into her gifts and really share her voice because her voice and her presence is just really magnificent. So we started playing songs on acoustic guitar and she had a little ukulele and I would sometimes accompany her on... Um, ukulele so that she could sing and it was really cool we had a friend Craig who would film us playing at shows and it was really nice and he was also interested in playing music so one time he came over to my house and brought his audio equipment which he had a lot of and we started playing with it and I started making a beat and then he started playing some tones and before long we had a pretty cool sounding textural song and this woman and I had just started living together interestingly enough because you know her her lease had run out at the place she was staying my roommate had happened to move out and there was an opening so it just kind of seemed to fit now in hindsight we definitely were not at a place where we were ready to move in together so you know that that's a learning in hindsight but um, at the time, it seemed like the right thing to do. So after Craig and I had made that song, she came home from work and she was like, oh, this is cool. I like this song. I want to sing something to it. And her and I were in a difficult kind of uh, energetic formation at that time. And there was some tension and she was wanting to resolve it. So she was like, OK, after like a couple of minutes, she was like, OK, I have. I have some lyrics for the song. It's called Close to You. <laughs> and that experience of her singing that song was one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had in my life still to this day because we were kind of fighting and I wanted to be connected with her and she wanted to be connected with me, but there was all this unconscious stuff and wounding that was standing in the way of us being deeply connected. So when she sang this song, which I'm about to actually let you guys hear, it touched me on a deep level because she just looked me in the eyes and was very vulnerable and transparent and straightforward in her expression. So without further ado, here's the first song we created as a unit called Close to You.
that that's a really beautiful song you know she really laid her heart out there for me and it was it was magical you know it just kind of came together and then we had a song I felt like we had a band I felt like we had our own sound it was really interesting and my whole life I've wanted to be a musician so I was really excited about the idea of creating a project with Craig and Annie, this woman. So we did that, and we decided since that one song was the was about our relating and our relationship that we could make a whole album about our relating and relationship. And we were still in relationship at that point. We knew that our dance wasn't complete yet, and obviously that wasn't the beginning, so we were like, we're going to set this song somewhere in the middle and then build around it, and we did that. And we created an album called Journey to Arcturus, um, the project's name is Indigo Keys, but the album's name is Journey to Arcturus, and we ended up creating 11 songs in a total of about 15 sessions, and they were fully formed, fully realized songs with their own sound, and the whole process felt very channeled, and because of the intense emotional connection that we had, it was very easy to create songs all over the spectrum that represented different parts of our dynamic. And we did that. And the album ended up being 33 minutes and 33 seconds. So <laughs> it feels very divinely constructed. And I'm so grateful for the creation of that album. In the aftermath of creating it, you know, there was just a large a large toll on our relationship through the creative process and just through all the things that we were trying to process. And, um, you know, we started, started drifting apart and um, exploring other things. And um, as we ended up breaking up and, you know, she started dating other people, you know, that was painful as all breakups are. And then at a certain point, it was the pain was persisting for so long and there were other signs in my life that 
I wanted to deepen my connection with self, I started doing this project called Sunrise Sessions, where I would get up at sunrise or just before sunrise, do my meditation, walk up the hill next to my house, and then stare at the sun, because you can do that and get solar energy directly. And it really is enlivening and enlightening. And I would really connect with my higher self and then channel my higher self. So I would do Facebook live videos, channeling my higher self. And it's interesting because still to this day, I get messages on Facebook that say, you know, one year ago you were doing this, you know, and it gives me a uh, episode of this Sunrise Sessions with Dijon. That's how you can find it if you want to see it on Facebook. It's hashtag Sunrise Sessions with Dijon. And it's really a higher self version of me speaking to me now. And that really helped me to understand that time is not linear. You know, there's different states of consciousness, but it's not like I was more conscious yesterday than I was today. It depends on more things than that. So, um, that was a really beautiful process of getting to know myself better and starting to see ways in which um, I was not showing up in the relationship the way I wanted to and just in other aspects of my life in general. So that awareness caused me to continue to look deeper within myself and find more areas of growth. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing that, that like everything you want and need is inside of you, like I always say. So if you sincerely try to look inside of yourself, answers will come to you. You know, if you decide you're open to them, answers will come. So as I became more clear on what my part in the dysfunction of the relationship was, I had a lot of regret and longing, and I had been so blown away by the creative alchemy we had as a unit to make the album that we did and I felt like if we were able to connect in a way that was more supportive we could continue our romantic and creative journey because I felt like we weren't fully done you know we weren't done with things we had to create because it was so impressive just not even um, really having any preparation for a journey we just kind of made it so I was convinced that if we were able to come back together in a healthier way, we could create even more beautiful things. So I set out on an intense course of personal development and learning about myself and reading books and taking courses to deepen my understanding of self and also recognizing, like taking responsibility for my own experience and recognizing that she was not responsible for my experience, nor was she doing anything to me, you know, and that's a good thing to remember in relationship, like your partner can trigger certain things that exist in you, but they're not doing anything to you because you have control over how you respond to a situation. You know, you can choose to see things in different lights. So instead of seeing her as the enemy or somebody who was doing something to me and seeing myself as a victim, I started to use the feelings that I had that were so intense to probe deeper into myself. And when I thought about it, you know, I was like, well, what's the core wound of this relationship? You know, why is this so painful? And it feels in a way as if I am being rejected 
like she's rejecting me and not fully receiving me. And I'm like, where was that original feeling of rejection? Where did it come from? And when I started to sit back and think about it, and also my practice was to um, take in some cannabis, smoke or something like that, so I could like physically feel these energies in my body in a deeper way, and I could feel them in my stomach and specifically in one place, like to the left of my belly button, you know, there was always a really strong energy there. And I realized it was my relationship with my father that was unhealed because, as I said, my parents got divorced when I was two and, you know, we didn't have really much of a relationship after that. And then it, you know, since I was 13, we barely talked at all. So all children need their parents and their father to help them understand how it be a man and how to integrate into human culture. And I didn't have that. So because I didn't have that, I took the position of I'll just learn how to do everything myself, you know, which became kind of, you know, double sided in the sense that I was like self starting, but there was also some like ego, egoic defense mechanisms that existed in that container. So as I became more aware of those, I became conscious of how that egoic part of myself was causing dysfunction in my relationships. So that was kind of a, a heavy realization to to have, you know, and it and I felt bad about it. So I was in a deep space of longing for a reconnection and a chance to do it over again and start fresh. And while I was in that process, I had been working on the next Indigo Keys project, which Annie was not the singer anymore because she had moved on to other things and her own creations, but I was still creating with Craig and creating with another singer who was a friend. Her name is Nina Gray. And we were working on an album called Divine Vibrations. So in that process, Craig and I would usually create the music for a song. And then Nina would either come over and sing something or we would send it to her and she would work on it at home. And Craig and I created this really transcendent musical song where it starts off with this organ and right away the organ kind of takes you into this kind of ethereal holy place and then this beautiful piano and then I added my parts to it which were some drums and bass and and a beautiful angelic choir and because of the healing process and excavation process of this relationship my soul really had things to express so even though Nina had been the vocalist for this project I really felt inspired to express myself, you know, just just to get out. It was part of my emotional process. So I sang this song, Daylight, which really showed where I was at at the time and what I was working through. And, you know, before that point, I didn't have any confidence in my singing. I didn't consider myself a singer, but I love singing so much. So after doing this, it really opened my eyes to what's possible and made me feel that I am a singer and I do have things to express, you know, because this song feels very sincere, very timeless, uh, very shamanic. And I realized that the process that I began with Annie and her singing helped me to come into my own voice, you know, so that's one way I'm really grateful for our connection. And now I will let you guys hear 
daylight.
So that's daylight. I hope that it touched you as much as it touches me. It feels like a communication from my higher self to me. And it starts off with me kind of like feeling into the pain I was in at the time and moving through that in a place of like deep longing. And when the longing starts to be so extreme that it almost swallows my being, I feel like the energy of the music with the drums and then the choir at the end really serve as a support system. And for me, that's the expression of my guides and all the non-physical beings that are around me that support me on my path. So just in the difference between Close to You and this song Daylight, I feel like you can really hear our souls communicating to each other clearly about what we were wanting. And even, you know, on the human level, I don't feel like we are as able to be as direct and open and transparent. But in this musical realm, we were able to communicate at a very high level. And there's something that's really special about that. And I'm super grateful. So as I was working through that process, the music helped me tremendously. And yet it was still difficult to fully turn the page. You know, we had been so deeply connected and had so much intensity in our in our life. And our friend group was very connected. And obviously these days on social media, it's easy to just be in someone's field constantly. So, you know, I have been in San Francisco 10 years and for a number of reasons for my professional growth, but also to get a refresher from the mental space I was in, came to visit Los Angeles and realized it was really the next step for me to grow and evolve. So I made my way down to Los Angeles and continue to do this deep healing work on myself and continue to take classes, continue to read books started to get into even deeper levels of feeling about the situation. And one was, you know, when I fully took responsibility and was able to see myself clearly, I had a, I had a, a kind of deep sense of shame about just the container for the relationship, you know, because I feel like, and what I've learned in some of the exploration that I've done is that uh, a woman or a man's greatest role in relationship is to help a woman feel safe. And a woman's greatest role is to lead a man to his soul. So when my partner at that time would tell me, she would sometimes say, like, I don't feel safe, you know, communicating with you. And I would just get so worked up because I wanted her to feel safe. I wanted her to feel good. So I would try to fix whatever was going wrong or whatever reason she would feel safe or I would just be confused because I was like, all I'm doing is trying to love you. But in essence, we don't need to fix anyone, especially not our partners. We just need to be present with their experience and hear them and, and love them and, and reflect back to them that we care. And that wasn't a tool that I had in my toolbox at the time, you know, I would try to fix. And that, that way of just listening and receiving is something I've learned in the aftermath of it as I've been striving to be a better partner and a better human being. 
So part of it was that I wasn't comfortable with her discomfort. And the reason why I wasn't comfortable with her discomfort is because I wasn't comfortable with my own discomfort. And I hadn't done the work to be able to sit with myself and just feel all the traumas that I've experienced in my life from childhood, from my ancestry. And that's something that all of us have. You know, we all have lineages that carry unresolved trauma. And a, and a really, a really great movie about that, if you've seen it, is Coco. I don't know if y'all seen Coco, but that is a great, really deep movie about the ways in which ancestral trauma can cause rifts that ripple throughout generations. And by the time it gets, you know, several generations past, those generations don't even know where it began or how it started, but they feel the weight of it. So that's kind of the situation I was in. You know, I like felt the weight of my trauma and it was affecting my relationships, but I was only becoming conscious of it after the fact of this relationship. And, you know, just a side note, in the aftermath of this relationship, I wasn't really dating because there was so much inner work I felt like I had to do to understand what was going on. And still, on a daily basis, I was still having such intense feelings of processing the experience I had been through that my only focus was really healing and becoming conscious. And I felt like I was doing that, but it was like a full-time job, you know? And integral to the process of healing was creating music and using creativity to express myself and to see myself more clearly because I would listen to these songs and hear parts of myself that I wasn't even really aware existed. You know, I'd be like, oh, I didn't realize how sad you were, or what that sounded like, or how much power there is in vulnerability, you know? So I was in LA, I moved to LA after realizing it was the next step for me. And every day was was very healing and, and I was stepping into myself more and more and getting distance from kind of the energetic and emotional baggage that existed for me in San Francisco as a result of living there for 10 years and being in this relationship. And it was just a, a good change of pace. And, um, you know, she and I had stayed connected and to differing degrees, but it actually turned out that there was seemingly more love the more we were apart because I feel like we were able to see each other more clearly and not trigger each other in so many ways. And in my next phase of creativity in Los Angeles, I started to create a song every day as a challenge to myself to just practice songwriting and creating. And on days one and two, I, I created like very joyous, innovative songs. And on day three, I was going to create a song and I saw on Instagram that one of my previous partners had gotten married. And this wasn't my most recent one, but it triggered this like kind of fear-based reaction because I was like, oh, like what if, you know, my most recent partner gets married and I feel like we never got a chance to try again, you know, like, and I just felt kind of a sense of anxiety about that. So... I remember calling my my friend Alicia and she was like, "Yeah, that's I hear you. That's intense. Like how do you feel?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm not I'm not sure, you know. Like I know it's significant, but I'm not sure exactly how I feel." 
and I was on day three of my creation process with the new songs and I was like okay I'm gonna create a song about it and you know see what comes out and now I'm gonna play that song for you right now song is called new day and it just kind of came out of me at that time in the same way that daylight did because it was what my soul needed to express at that time and it gave me clarity around what I was actually feeling you know more acutely and there are similar threads to the energy of daylight but it's probably not as intense of a feeling you know it's like that same feeling is still there but You could almost hear it like working its way up my system and like out of my throat, um, you know, desiring to be cleared. And it gave me some distance from the feeling because when you have a feeling, you know, there's, there's different ways of interacting with it. And you can be completely one with it and be like, oh, this is so intense. You know, or there can be a little bit more distance. And you recognize that even though you're having the feeling, you are not that feeling and that it's a temporary thing and that's what making the song allowed me to do it helped me to see it as a temporary moment of time and it actually helped me to see the beauty in it also because it's a beautiful song there's something uplifting about it and inspiring even though there's like longing and pain in it so 
this is just a continuation of how my creativity and my music specifically helps me to process. And they're just, I'm just including this because there are lots of ways to process and to grow. And you got to do whatever is right for you. And my way is music, creativity in general, but music. And I don't know what your way is, but this is the power of allowing yourself to be you know, taken over and channeled based on what your your deeper self wants to communicate. So it was a part of the healing process to create that song and that felt really good. And, you know, I think maybe after that, um, although we had been connected on social media, Annie and I, that is, I decided it was time to just give that more space, you know, because... It had been at that point like over a year and a half or two years since we had actually dated and it was still very present in my life. And I was like, you know, this is this is a lot, you know, I'm ready to create more space and try to create distance. So I did that and and we weren't connected for a while. And then, you know, I went on living my life and enjoying myself and we talked every once in a while and caught up on each other's lives and about our budding relationships and in one of our conversations she was talking about a growing connection she was having with a man and um you know my thought was oh good for you you know like I'm glad you're happy right like because unconditional love from an intellectual place or conceptual place it's easy to understand right like for me, the definition of unconditional love is you want for someone what they want for themselves. So when I heard that she was opening to love, I was like, great, right? But when I got off the phone, I realized that in my stomach, in that same place, I still had that kind of like contracted and like slightly nauseated feeling. You know, it was like a a fear of of like losing something and like a longing and I was just like man is that ever going to go away and I was like I really don't know it's been here for so long and it just it's a lot it's a lot so you know I went on with my healing journey and that consisted of sound baths is which you lay on the ground and receive healing vibrations from sound bowls and singing that the sound practitioner has and yoga and meditation and spending time in nature. And perhaps the most powerful practice, healing practice I've ever done is breath work, which is there's different types of breath work. So um, maybe look up holotropic breath work on YouTube if you have access to that or if you live in a place that does breath work, maybe explore it because it clears out so many stuck emotions that are in the body and just immediately, like 30 minutes of doing it will blast you off into psychedelic states. You know, states similar to doing um, like mushrooms almost. You know, I've had some very profound experiences, but the difference is you're not ingesting anything. You're just taking deeper um, gulps of breath into parts of your body that are usually not oxygenated. So when that happens, you know, you have access to much more than you think you do as a human being. I'll tell you that. It's, it's powerful and profound stuff. So I had been doing that consistently, 
And there were a couple of nights where I did a sound bath and then breathwork combination. And I just was like, basically left my body, you know, like these things really cleared out a lot internally in those spots that had been energetically causing tension in my stomach felt like they were cleared, you know, which was such a blessing because they had been plaguing me for so long and I had been trying so hard to get rid of them. So it was a tremendous sigh of relief to, to feel that spaciousness. And then when I felt that spaciousness, I went to go check in with any social media and see what was going on. And I saw her, you know, she was doing a trip in South America and I, and I saw her, um, what seemed to be like in love with her life and with the man she was with. And I looked in his eyes and he looked like he was in love too. And it was just a really beautiful moment. And in that moment, when I was looking at them, I physically felt the sensation of love in my body. I felt love kind of excreting from my pineal gland and I felt a secretion of energy in my gut as well, but it wasn't unpleasant. It like felt good. It felt calming and I was happy for her and happy for him. And that opened me up and I was like, oh, this is unconditional love. You know, this is me wanting for her what she wants for herself and wanting her to be happy, even if I'm not a part of that. And this journey that we had been through for like a year or two together and then a couple of years apart had totally transitioned and shifted. And, you know, it's just so profound. And, and my heart now feels open in a way that it can't be closed or contracted again. Like once it's been open to a certain point and I really have grounded in this frequency, it's just super enlivening. So that is my story of learning how to access unconditional love and all the things that went into it and that it's a process and that relationships are sacred mirrors that help us shine light on the places that are unhealed in us so that we can access higher levels of love. Because the truth is, the pain that I experienced from my parents' separation and from the ancestral trauma that my lineage carried had me in so much pain on an unconscious level that I was acting out in different ways and blocking myself from connection in different ways. And the suffering I experienced that was triggered by my relationship with Annie took me to those places within myself so that I could do the work to heal them. And it was important that she not be there during that process, or at least not physically be there, because otherwise I may have used her as a distraction as to why I was feeling bad, where when she was removed from my life for so many years, physically again, because we're still energetically connected, I couldn't say it was about her. I knew it was about me. And it also gave me the ability to know that I have the power to heal myself just like we all do. All that pain, all that 
depression, all those suicidal thoughts that I had before I knew her, during the process of healing, I healed. I spent so much time healing and now I feel healed. You know, so I hope that inspires you to utilize your relationships as people who are teammates on your journeys to higher levels of love. And I specifically want to express to you, Annie, if you're listening, how grateful I am for everything that we've been through, everything that you've taught me. And it's, it's important to me to express that gratitude because in my expanded heart state, I realized that a big reason for my suffering and really the main reason for my suffering was because I was asking for more, more connection, more time, instead of saying thank you for the time that we actually spent together and everything that I've learned from you. And, you know, your heart is magnificent. So I want to thank you for who you are. I want to thank you for always being willing to reconnect when I was trying to cut you out of my life because I couldn't handle the the um, intensity of our experience. I want to thank you for not taking me back when I was asking and when I was making songs about us so that I could learn that I'm not a beggar and that I am a king. And I just want to thank you for how you show up in the world. So I honor you. I see you. I recognize the extraordinary portal that you are to other dimensions and the energy that you're channeling in. I've got nothing but love for you. Um, and I am here to support you in whatever way you need as your fucking homie and twin flame. I now feel like whole again, you know? And as I said before, a man's greatest mission in life and relationship is to make a woman feel safe or create the space for her to feel safe. And a woman's greatest um, role is to lead a man to his soul. So even though our relating didn't play out in the way I wanted to, I know it played out in the way that I needed. You know, I don't know how long I have been trying to integrate these lessons to move past the level of consciousness that I was at, you know, maybe lifetimes. <laughs> I don't know. But I feel like I'm at a new place now. And I just want to express my appreciation. So... That was a lot in that episode. And, you know, for me, the deepest form of teaching is, is showing. And a lot of the episodes I tell, but I wanted to show the process as well as tell and just be vulnerable that I am a human being also. And I'm learning through my experiences and doing my best to integrate. And this is something that we all have the power to do if we want to be motherfucking legends. And we are. It's just the excavating the trueness of who we really are deep down inside. So that is today's episode of how to be a motherfucking legend. It's a little bit different than the normal format, and I would love to hear how it resonated with you. So follow me on Instagram, connect with me there at Dijon Bowden, and let me know how this episode moved you. If you want to know more about the musical project 
It's Indigo Keys is the name of the project. You can look us up on Spotify or iTunes or whatever. And right now that project is just me and whoever I'm making music with, but I feel like it's an expression of my soul at the deepest, most pure level and all the people that have touched it. So thanks for being here. Um, I will probably do another podcast called The Soul of a Song, which will be more music focused and we'll go back to the more traditional format of how to be a motherfucking legend. At least that's my intention right now. Who knows how it will actually unfold because for me, what's legendary is being authentic and expressing myself in this way was authentic at this time. So thanks for being here, sending you lots of love. We out this motherfucker. Peace. I so appreciate you being here. If you enjoy the energy that we are creating and building, share it with the homies. Take a screenshot, post it on your Instagram stories. Just let people know about it. And if you ever want help going deeper into yourself, developing yourself and doing that with a community and with guidance, head on over to programs.howtobeamotherfuckinglegend.com and we got you. Until next time, peace.